Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast. My name is Colm Cronin and I am delighted to be joined as always by Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I'm very, I'm reasonably well, Colm. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stop myself and correct myself. I'm not bad. If I could just leave out a certain aspect of my life that's in orange, then I'd be tremendous. But unfortunately, I have to temper it slightly due to the events of the weekend. And it seems like the events of virtually every weekend so far for the last month and a half. But anyway, more on that and on. But I am fine. And how are you, sir? I hope you're well too. I, I like how you walk that back. You were about to say very well. And then the, the realization <laughs> that we're on a podcast talking about the, the Broncos suddenly took hold. So yeah, we are uh, recording this, Stuart, uh, a couple, you know, a few days um, before the, the London game, um, where the two and five Denver Broncos will face up against the two and five <laughs> Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars on on Halloween Eve, um, as as a horror writer, um, you know which which you are. That is your career. Um, could oh. could you have uh, written something like this? Oh, I I think it probably my uh. My, my script editor my, my, may have had issues with the the implausibility of some of the plot lines. Um, yeah, there was me last week talking about how, you know, the London games have been blessed this year with some cracking teams playing meaningful football and not the, the sort of the mediocrity that's unfortunately been 
been been the case with some of the games over the years. Um, and I sort of sneered at my nose down the fact that it was the Jags who had dragged their proceedings down to their level. And yet we are, um, I think, three and a half point underdogs against the Jags, the two and five Jags column. Um, so this is, the, the, you know, we're 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 we are certainly in a, in a in a world of hurt at the moment, and and the season is in in grave danger of spiraling out of control. Um, so I would have balked at this particular plot line. Um, having said all that, it is still a London trip that I think you know we're all going to. Most of our friends who are Broncos fans, long term Broncos fans, are going to. Um, you know, in fairness. Broncos fans traveled to watch the um, now infamous game against the Niners when Kyle Orton was the QB. You want to really talk to me about horror stories? There's one for you from from the depths. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, look, it's great that we have the game to look forward to, but uh, you know, we we are very very close to this season being done dusted. I mean, I know you've you and you and I've been back and forth a bit in this. I think you're convinced the season's already over, or, or you know, bar the odd punch here and there but you know I, I think whatever about losing to the Jets the weekend which was a hammer blow you know if we lose against the Jags then that's absolutely your lot column so you know this is a game that we're under a lot of pressure um, anyway and uh, we're under massive pressure now because I don't think the Jags had any sort of real ideas uh, about making the playoffs this year they're still a team in transition and they do seem to be you know, doing reasonably well, although they've they've seemed to have sort of petered out a little bit. But we all had high hopes for the Broncos to at least make the playoffs, or certainly to be in a playoff push towards you know the end of into the season, week sixteen, week seventeen. Um, so this has been little short of a disaster. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. We desperately need this win. We need to get the season back on track because you know this was the easy part of the season, Colin. This was the. The, the sort of the, the the part of the slate where you looked at we need to be going five and two or at the absolute worst four and three and we are miles behind schedule on that one so yeah sorry I tried to be really enthusiastic <laughs> talked myself out of it sorry I'm just beaten down this team's killing me oh well I, I can see why given that the this team is tied for the second worst offensive output um, in franchise history through seven games Joe Mahoney with some truly vomit inducing stats um this week kudos to to joe he always comes up with the the goods so you're um you got to go back 1966 is the um last time the broncos were actually worse than this and i mean consider that is nearly 60 years ago i mean the <laughs> So, so, so much has, has changed in the world, let alone the world of football. Um, it, is, uh, it is quite, quite something. And I know points are down across the board, or certainly were up until week seven. But all of a sudden, we saw the Cards um, score points. We saw the Chiefs put up um, huge points against the, the 49ers. And hey, even the Bears who, you know, were in the doldrums with us, managed to put up points against the, the Patriots on Monday night. For, for me, I suppose, Stuart, looking at this game, these are two franchises that in, in many respects right, right now are, are very similar, have ended up in similar situations in that both kind of um, were, were struggling for a period obviously they had the the Blake Bortles uh, era um, where they almost you know um, were all, almost it probably were a, a bad decision away from beating the, the Patriots that time 
um, and but have struggled after that. And that was the high point. And obviously for us, it was Super Bowl 50 and then Peyton goes and we have struggled really since then. And all of a sudden, you know, they came into this what looked like a generational talent uh, in Trevor Lawrence. It hasn't quite worked through the, the first season and a half, though I will say in general, um, I am in favor of giving young QBs time. I, I think it can take time to transition to, to the league, though I, I do think um, Zach Wilson might be somebody who, um, when you see how he's performed under pressure, I would have questions around him. But for the Jags, look, let's focus on the Jags came into Trevor Lawrence, but have, have still struggled on offense. And obviously for us coming in, we get Russell Wilson, make the big trade. There's all this optimism coming into the, the year. And both teams have certainly um, failed to meet expectations. When you look at the upcoming game, what, what, are, what are the things, I suppose, that interest you or, or worry you uh, about uh, Sunday's game? Things that interest me, the thing that interests me most right now, Colm, is whether or not Russell Wilson is going to be fit. Um, at the time of recording, that still seems to be up in the air. I know uh, Coach Hackett said that he was trending in the right direction. Um, but I, I think I remember something very similar being said this time last week as well. I, 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 I don't know if we can win this game of Brett Rippon. Look, Brett Rippon is, a, is a, by all accounts, a, a lovely guy and he's almost certainly going to be a QB coach of probably some repute in a few years time there's a reason why 99 times out of 100 I think there's a reason why backup QBs are backup QBs um, the problem is Tom Brady has has skewed as Tom Brady is wont to do has skewed uh, the public's opinion about certain things like quarterbacks shouldn't go on into their mid 40s that was something that never happened when you know we started watching the NFL Tom Brady's changed that um six round draft picks that come out of nowhere and only get into the team because um their franchise QB gets injured um, and then goes on to have a fairy tale career that doesn't happen very often so there was a kind of a bizarre uh, sort of groundswell that seemed to grow up last week um on on social media that the offense was going to be better with Brett Rippon I, I I have no idea how that started. It just was, you know, to me, it was a sign that we really were reaching sort of delusional levels of of, uh, of, of the season where people were completely losing their minds. There was no way on this earth Brett Rippon it was going to perform better than Russell Wilson. Um, so that to me is the most important thing I'll be looking out for. I will be waiting to see what happens with Russell because um, I think he's probably the only way we're going to win this game. The defense cannot be doing any more than it has been doing. I know maybe we've given up a couple of big runs that you might like us not to give up. But to be fair, the defense has been playing absolute light outs, lights out all season. The points that the defense is giving up, apart from, we touched on this before, Colm, apart from the game against the Raiders, um, the defense has given up, let me see, 16 against the Jets, 19 against the Chargers, 12 against the Colts. Um, and then 17 against the Seahawks. They're games that we lost. All those games we lost. They should have all been wins. In the NFL, I know you're saying points are down, but generally speaking, in the NFL, if you can hold a team to 19 points, you should be winning that game. If you can hold a team to 16 points at home, column, you should be winning that game easily. So the defense, um, my worry would be the defense. I don't know if they can continue to keep up that um, you know, phenomenal uh, sort of level of performance 
because I don't think it's as talented as the as the 2015 defense, but that was a generational defense, Colin. That had characters like Vaughn and you know, you had Talib, you had TJ Ward, you know, you had Darian Stewart. These are these are great players. Chris Harris, you know, some of these guys have legit, legitimate shots at Hall of Fame. Vaughn, you know, Vaughn obviously is a Hall of Fame, there's no doubt about that. But Chris Harris would be in the conversation, you'd hope. Talib would be in the conversation. I don't think this defense have as many stars, but in fairness, as a unit, um, it's performed heroically. Um, uh, you know, I, I would worry about Trevor Lawrence for the simple reason that I know myself and yourself had had, had our eye on him when he was in college. Um, he's a wonderful player. I think you're right. I think Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, there's no comparison, even though there are picks one and two, I think, in that draft or picks. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson's on a better team than Trevor Lawrence is right now. I think that's fairly safe to say. Um, and uh, yet... Trevor Lawrence is performing, outperforming Zach Wilson by some distance. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence was on that Jags or their Jets team, I think the Jets would be even better than they are. Um, so a player like that, it can click. And he did look good in, in, in you know, the early parts of the season. There's not a huge amount of talent on that Jags team. Um, we should be beating these guys. But we're now at the point, column where, you know, with the greatest deal of respect, and, you know, I hope, Jags fans don't track us down in London and sort of, you know, come back. And <laughs> you never want to put quotable material on the wall of the opposition. But let's be honest, Colin, when we heard this game was on in London, um, we, I think, collectively thought that we'd be going in here like, you know, five and two with a pretty handy game against the Jags where, you know, you'd worry about Trevor Lawrence a little bit, but, you know, keep him contained and this should be fairly straightforward, you know, 31-14 type of affair, you know. Um, now, you know, I, like virtually all Broncos fans, are absolutely bricking it about this game. There's a real sense that we could lose this game. Like, bookies are not stupid. You know, as the old saying is that, you know, you, you rarely see a bookie that goes out of business. Um, so they have the Jags favourites for a reason. I imagine that line will change if Russell Wilson is declared fit. I think then we might become... Uh, but you're talking about a point or two point favourite. And this is the situation we find ourselves in, Con, that we are scared of a game against the Jags. That's where we're at. That's how badly some aspects of this team has performed up to this point. And I think it's interesting that you're already seeing a little bit of murmuring, you know, about, uh, or you're hearing murmurs about, um, you know, Hackett, you know, is he safe if we lose uh, to the Jags? You know, because you're also talking, you know, you're hearing stuff about is Bradley Chubb on the trade block if we lose to the Jags? Is Jerry Judy on the trade block if we lose to the Jags? And um, when that stuff starts to kind of build and build and build, there's usually a good reason for that, Colin. And, and, you know, it's worth keeping an eye on the on the Broncos, you know, the writers who are well placed when it comes to sources. Um, you know, it's early enough. I'd be surprised if Hackett was fired after this. Um but I'm sorry, you know, there has been some significant and important Denver voices in the media in the last sort of four or five days who've been calling for his head or saying that he is very close um, because the offense is a train wreck and he's the head coach, but he's also calling the plays. And some of the play calling is preposterous. Con. That play on fourth, was it fourth and one? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
I mean, th that's a low percentage play. And yes, Sauce Gardner got away with an awful lot of hold. He did. There was pass interference in at least three plays. He's a good enough player as it is. You don't need to be given an advantage. That was a baffling play call on fourth and one, given the position that the game is in. Like who? That's got to be a quick slant over them. Like Brett Rippon doesn't have a particularly big arm. I mean, no, it wasn't. It was only like a thirty-yard pass or something like that. But that's that's the low percentage play in that situation. Like, and, and 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 he's he's a second-string quarterback for a reason. Like who calls that play? And like Rippon didn't didn't go through any of his reads. He just zoned in on Cortland Sutton. Um, yes, Sauce Gardner, as I said, got away with it with pass interference, but still, <laughs> that's still that's a really, really poor play call in a key point of the game. So I, you know, there's been other sort of calls for maybe Clint Kubiak to get a little bit more um responsibility. Um, you know, I I I I I am at a loss, Colin. I, I think we've been this it's getting to the stage now where it's rinse and repeat here, where you know, um and, and also, Colm, you, uh, after we do these, you send me a message going, can you do the write-up for the, uh, the podcast uh, for the description? And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not cutting and pasting at this stage, but it's pretty close. Defense is superb. Offense is an absolute train wreck. Offense is a horror show. This has to be fixed. And I, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. I, I would have confidence if Russell Wilson played that Russell can can step it up. And I think he, he's a quarterback who has reacted well to his back against the wall over the years. But if it's Brett Rippon, I, I, I can see us losing this game. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, all, all very fair points. I think a couple of things stand out to me. Um, yeah, I know Sauce Gardner got away with it, but ultimately you, you play to the refs and Sauce had gotten away with it all game, right? So why wasn't, they, they weren't going to start throwing flags, I think all of a sudden. So you, you got it. And, and if, you see that the refs aren't throwing flags, then why why are you leaning into it in the hope of maybe getting um, DPI? That seemed silly to me. Um, you got to learn different referees referee in different ways, and, and that's part of it. Um, and I think part of smart team play or smart management in any sport you see it a lot in rugby it's where it's probably most where you lean on the ref and you find out the way in which a ref refs the game and, and you lean into that um and, and you, you certainly see it um in in the nfl as well that's what teams will do they there's an, there's so much analysis um so to, to me that that should have been part of the game day stuff um i, I think the there's there's been a lot of talk around that um Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett and what might happen. I, I would be amazed if Hackett was to, even if we lost this game, if Hackett was to be let go. Because there's no one on the coaching staff who is an obvious fit. And what happens if you let Hackett go and it doesn't look any better? What, ha what happens then? Th then all of a sudden, George Payton is under enormous pressure. Russell Wilson comes under even more pressure. Um, so to me, it's it's. I think it's very unlikely. You would have to go like all the way back um, to the um, 49ers back in the, the 70s, I think uh, the 77 70, or 78 season, Pete McCulley um, there who was let go after nine games and fa famously had the most magical quote when he was asked, was he disappointed about being let go by the 49ers? And I don't know if you've ever heard this, George. He said he wasn't disappointed. In fact, he had ne he'd never 
never been disappointed since he found out that ice cream cones weren't filled up uh, to the, the bottom, uh, which was a magical <laughs> quote. <laughs> Kudos to, to Pete. But Wait a minute. It, Hang on. They're not? <laughs> um that's you just generally like especially with rookie head coaches you just don't do it because of everything that goes with it maybe i'll maybe i'll be surprised but what what would the broncos do who who would take over as the interim because you don't want to move your your new dc who's only learning the defensive coordinator role and is doing such a stellar job so you don't want to bump him all all of a sudden um does dom capers take over um it's not there's nobody there there's no one on the staff that you're looking at going yeah absolutely that's that's the guy we want um there have been some you know um out there suggestions some people talking about wade phillips wade is an xfl head head coach now maybe he'd take it but i can't imagine they'd want to go down that route so um this this is it, but it speaks to the fact that this is, I suppose, uh, a, a team, a franchise, a fan base who are just so frustrated because since 2016, the Broncos have not been any better than uh, 24th, I think, Um best offense we certainly we certainly have no have not been out of the the 20s uh in terms of the the best offenses so bottom tier offense year in year out and i'd call him i i'd say you're more of a man for the stats and i know you're talking about joe i'd say apart from the really early days of the franchise when the broncos were a bit of a train wreck when they were wearing those god-awful brown yellow uh, uniforms I'd say that has to be the worst stretch of offensive output um, that the Broncos have ever had is the one that we're currently in. I, I, I can't imagine that. The, certainly when I started watching when it was Elway and the three amigos and then, you know, those offenses were explosive. They may not have, they never really had a rusher that you would have liked until they got Bobby Humphrey and then he sat out and that was more or less the end of his career. But they still had good offenses. And then, of course, you had the, the Shanahan years and they had sensational offenses. And even our much maligned friend, uh, McDaniels, was still able to cobble together some kind of offense. Tim Tebow, who, you know, was a running back who occasionally could throw a deep ball. Like, the fact that, <laughs> like... This is almost making me pine for the Trevor Simeon uh, offense. Um, that's where we're at right now. I cannot, for the life of me, I cannot believe that we're, we're having this conversation. Um, like the Teddy Bridgewater offense in the early parts of last season looked like a more efficient and well-oiled unit under our old pal Pat Shermer. Um, like this is where we're at. Like, the, can you imagine if somebody had said to you when we traded for Russell Wilson? that we were going to be having a conversation about, do you remember, ah, do you remember the time Teddy was was our QB and we were putting, you know, dross to the sword? Like, the, the, I, I, I'm i baffled. I will say one thing, Colm, sorry, and, and, and because it would be remiss not to point this out, there's been so few bright spots, uh, spots on the offense. It is great to see uh, Greg Dulcich having an impact in his first two games. Obviously, he caught the touchdown in the first game, and he had, I think, three or four catches for the week. He looks good, and he looks like a player that we can now start to lean on. Um, and he looks like one of those NFL tight ends that I think, you know, obviously Noah Fant had flashes, but Noah Fant 
um, had issues with injury. Dulcich looks like he looks like we found one of those guys. It looks like we could have our own one of those, um, and that's great to see because God knows we've been tortured by those guys so many times over the years. But I'm I'm happy with Dulcich. It's a tricky position to play as a rookie, um, but I think if he's looking as good as he is now, um, then I think it really does augur well for the the, the years ahead. He said hopefully because the years ahead um, could be interesting because uh, we don't have any draft picks <laughs> forever and ever oh um well yeah look i, I suppose the, the the good thing about the upcoming weekend is there will be thousands of broncos fans that will descend on london and for us on this side of the Atlantic, it will be the, the opportunity to, to meet up with um, thousands of other Broncos fans, which is not something uh, we often uh, get to, to do. Um, certainly, as we are recording, Stuart, just to, to build on the fact that um, Hackett was saying Russell was trending in the right direction, uh, Russ has um, been out in front of the cameras to announce that while the others were sleeping on the plane, he was doing high knees. Um, so that's uh, what Russ has been up to. And he says he feels great and he is ready to rock. So perhaps we will be seeing Russell Wilson um, uh, on on Sunday. Um, and I mean, the, the thing is that, uh, th as you pointed out, like this is probably should be in though there are no easy games in the, the NFL but when you look at the remainder as you said about our schedule this is when we have to we have to win when you consider I mean I look at it and, and the Chargers are another team who've been enormously disappointing we usually do do well I mean even when we're in the doldrums we they only just just beat us um so that, that's one I, I I wouldn't be too concerned about but looking at the some of the other matchups on the schedule this is one that you know just just for the sake of the franchise and, and team building and team bonding if you lose this one the, the worry is and if you lose it in a similar manner where the offense doesn't put up more than 16 points then yes you could, certainly could have the offense and the defense going at, at one another and that would be a concern i i am i suppose heartened by the fact that the Jags have been struggling in in recent weeks themselves, um, and the you know the, the Giants were able to to do a number on them, and but but it was a bit like a carbon copy. You were watching the the Jags kind of have the ball and trying to drive down the the field to to get the win, and while they got the um, DPI calls that we didn't get it still never felt like they were going to do it um the, the it always always felt like the giants had that game in control so it will be ma a, a matchup certainly that spider-man meme um i think will be very appropriate for these two teams at the weekend i think should probably you know in, in terms of making a call i think we, we probably need to wait until closer because we need to see if it's russ or, or brett rippon i think your point yeah. was very valid i think anyone who expected um Brett Rippon to you know be it this was not even a case of like the Gino Gino Smith right where Gino was was very highly regarded at one point he fell out of favor there were people who you know 
back Tim I mean this this is the interesting thing like you look back and few and far between right but there were some people who said Gino has untapped potential and now he's he's realizing that um that hasn't been the case with Brett Rippon Brett Rippon is don't get me wrong he's a consummate professional he appears to prepare really well he says the right thing he's the the type of guy that that you want there um but he is not um you know an above average starter which and i think that's the thing about russ like maybe peak russ is gone okay maybe maybe that is the reality but could russ in the right system if you um, if you build and not even necessarily build it around him, but you come up with somebody who has a, a plan, a proper plan for offense, and you plug Russ into that, and um, I think he can be an above average starter. I have to believe that because we have two years of the Russ contract, and I think the Broncos that's where they should be looking is you know, right now, plan for the next two years what does it look like because russ is going to be here in 2023 and 2024 and how do we maximize that we know the cap hits are going to be big and they're only going to increase but so how do how do we maximize it and what does that uh, look like Stuart? i am looking forward to actually getting to see a broncos game with you in person on uh, sunday uh, is there uh, anything else you would uh, like to to mention before we wrap up um, no, I think, look, it's it's uh, unfortunate, Colm, he suffered another couple of injuries. Uh, Browning, who's been a real revelation for me, has uh, gone down for a couple of weeks. And Mike Boone is now on IOR. Um, Mike Boone had been a, you know, a decent third down back for us. He's gone to IOR. So we, we picked up Mac the, uh, from the 49ers practice squad. Uh, Mac used to play for the Colts, if memory serves me correctly, I think. Um, decent, decent player, but you know, running backs do tend to, you know, there's usually a reason they're bouncing around. Uh, Murray's look good. Mac is, from what I remember, Colin Mac is a fairly decent receiver out of the backfield. So maybe that's what we've got our eye on, 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 uh, on using him um, for. So I think, uh, yeah, hopefully, look, we we've been crippled. I think uh, I'm pretty sure at this point now we are the team that has the most cap space on IOR. Um, is not a, a statistic you ever want to um, be be leading the pack in so it would be great if we didn't suffer any more injury we seem to lose a starter or an important player every week i think cam fleming who actually had looked quite good when he moved over to left tackle and uh, cam fleming is gone for a couple of weeks now as well so we're really down to the bare bones i think tom compton has just been cleared from pup the guy we picked up from the niners um, so hopefully we can get some kind of a break. We we've had more than our fair share of injuries. We deserve a break, and you just hope that the key players can stay fit. But look, I'm really looking forward to a column. I've I've never actually seen the Broncos playing before uh, live. Um, even in, when I lived in America, I, I managed to see the Bears uh, a couple of times, and I saw the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. I never saw the Broncos. I'm looking forward to it. I hope we win. I think we will win if Russell is the QB, and it sounds like if you know if his stretching regimen on the uh, the cross-Atlantic flight is anything to go by. He should be fine. Um, I just hope they remember to get the coach who's been sleeping in in, in the uh, facility to, to come with them. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, I just hope, although he, he's the offensive coordinator, isn't he? Well, yeah, might be no harm if they kind of left him where he was and give somebody else a crack at it. Sure. I mean, it could hardly be any worse now, could it really? Back time, we got a Kubiak back calling plays for the Broncos. Colin, what do you think? I, I love that we're we're imagining a, a home alone type scenario. 
um, <laughs> where Hackett suddenly uh, has a Kevin moment on the on the plane. Um, and he turns yeah, on, which, the, and then and then, and then out, he t- out and turns on the TV of the facilities. The Broncos have put up thirty-five ha- first half points on the Jags. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, 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 I like I like that. Uh, that short that that would be uh, that would be wonderful if that were to to come to pass. Um, always enjoy chatting to you. And for anyone uh, listening, you can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. Michael is on there at Michael underscore NFL. And I am on there at Cullum from Cork. If you enjoy uh, listening to us, please do rate, review and subscribe. It absolutely makes a difference. And uh, Stuart, looking forward to, to Sunday and we will be back next week um, when I, I imagine things probably will be a little bit clearer in terms of Hackett, in terms of any potential trades and what the second half of the season looks like for the Broncos. We'll leave it there. So all that remains to be said, go Broncos. Go Broncos.